Hello, everyone, again, and welcome to another episode of the Network Hour podcast. We are continuing with our series of um, understanding and dissecting the topic professional happiness. And today I have a special guest with me. I'm excited to have her here and to hear her perspectives. We're going to have a lot of fun discussing this topic. And I want to welcome to our podcast, Kim and her last name is Welcome. Welcome, Kim. Thank you, Molly. So nice to be here. Thanks. <laughs> so nice to have you. So let's jump into it. And before we get really deep into the topic, I want you to tell my audience, the people that are listening, tell them about Kim. Who is Kim? Hmm. Okay. Well, I, like you, I'm from the Caribbean. I'm in the Bahamas, the place where God lives. He lives here, he lives here. But uh, yeah, I was born in New York. I grew up here in the Bahamas um, from the time I, I was seven. So very much born, you know, bred in, in the Bahamas. And um, I am very passionate about singing. I started singing, I think in ninth grade, I was pulled out to start performing solos. I've been singing ever since. Um, I'm a communication coach and trainer. Uh, that's another gift that was cited when I was very, very young kindergarten. So, um, it's just something I enjoy doing. I'm a trained voice actor. I work with companies training the staff with their communication skills I work with professionals, uh, helping them to up-level their communication skills. And I'm a speaker, and I, I love empowering other women. Women, I'm, you know, that's my soft spot because I just think that we have unique challenges, and uh, it's important to empower ourselves. And I believe in stepping fully into your purpose, the reason that God put you on this planet. And sometimes there are lots of obstacles, especially as being a woman, especially when you start taking on mortgages and having children and, you know, get caught up in life and trying to make a living. And sometimes we actually forget about the reason that we're here. So, um, you know, that's something that tends to still nag on you if you're in connection with it. And I believe in empowering women to step out and do become who you were created to be. It's never too late. That's amazing. You know, you know, we have some things in common. My name is Kim as well. Ah. Um, <laughs> but it's um it's short for Kimberly because my mm -hmm. mom named me Kimberly. Mm -hmm. And and uh, we have that um singing upbringing in common as well because my ah. I grew up in the church, my parents are pastors and so I started singing from Wii U. Oh wow. This mean nice. I didn't, I didn't pursue it as a career because that never crossed my mind to do that. But yeah, we do have those things in common. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm envying your background right now. How's the weather in Bahamas? Isn't it so sunny and nice? And Listen, it is hot. It is. We're in August right now. So mm -hmm. every time I step out my house, I can't believe how hot it is outside. I don't spend very much time out there. 
It's a uh, very balmy, people would call it, you know, just humid when the air is heavy and thick and damp. That's how it is right now. So, yeah. yeah. But I, you know what? I always say I prefer the Caribbean hot over the U.S. hot. Really? Yeah. And the reason uh, why I say that is because the breeze doesn't blow as much in the U.S. And I don't know if it's because of all of the tall buildings mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And the Caribbean have more trees and all that stuff. The sea breeze would blow in and, mm -hmm. and calm you down. But in the U.S., it's just the humidity literally coming off of the pavement. And, right. and there's no breeze. There's no air. So you have to depend on artificial air and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now, it's not very much breeze. And trust me, if the breeze is blowing, it's very hot. But you're <laughs> right. It is a different It is a different kind of heat because we, we have a humidity that is from the ocean. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you don't hear, no matter how hot it gets, People don't die in the Bahamas from the heat. Yes, exactly. That <laughs> it's too. Not, that's not too. like, you know, in Texas where they're like, oh, stay in your house because the air quality is really bad. No, yes. it's not like that. But the thing that, uh, you know, the sun here is very harsh. So it's like you step out the house and the sun is like smacking you down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like, pssst. That yeah. kind of hot, you know. That's, that's that's also the sun that gives us some good melanin and keeps us oh young, and young and healthy. And uh, don't even talk it, honey. 30, <laughs> Thirty minutes in the sun for me is three shades darker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get into it. Um, professional happiness. When you hear that topic, you hear those words. What comes to mind and, and what does it mean for you? Yeah, when I think about professional happiness, being happy with whatever the work is that you're doing, I think that is so important, especially since we spend more time working than anything else. Most people, right? If you have a nine to five, you're at that job more than you're with your family. Um, if you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> as you well know, you're always working and you really need to be happy in what it is that you are doing. And, um, you know, to work a job that you hate and according to statistics, 45 to 55% of Americans hate their jobs. Wow. To work in a job that you hate and spend so much of your time, which is your life, doing something that you're not fulfilled by, I think that is a, a tragedy. It's a tragedy. So I do believe that we should be happy in our work. Even the Bible says, enjoy your work in, in, in um, Proverbs. You know, we're supposed to enjoy our work. So, yeah, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people don't even equate work with happiness. Like, it's, it's, the, the two are a dichotomy for most people. You know, you think work, happiness, like they're two separate things. But I think especially for those of us who go into our own businesses, we do that in pursuit of our happiness, right? We do the things that we love um, to make a living. 
And, uh, you know, there are people in corporate spaces, they're doing the job that they love. They, they, they're doing what they love. They're able to do what they love to do. I know my sister's an attorney. She loves law. She loves when she gets to sit down and just delve into law. So if you can do what you love and be happy in it, I think that's the biggest blessing you can ever have in life. Yeah. I've been noticing we have, since the pandemic, the pandemic brought good things and it brought bad things. And I think one of the um, things it brought was um, people realizing how unhappy they are in their professional lives and career. And it brought about um, some people trying and making a conscious effort to do something about it. And then there's other people who feel like they're stuck and they can't do anything about it. So they just lashing out on the world and on mm-hmm. others. And it's mm-hmm. causing so much mental, emotional, and physical breakdown. Yeah. Uh, so so talk about that. Have you have you seen that in 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 of lately um going on? Um, of course. <laughs> I coach women who are in the corporate space looking to advance their careers. And many of them are just so, they're unhappy. And not really because of the work, you know. Sometimes, usually, the work is okay. It's the people. (laughs) It's the people and the environment and the toxicity that sometimes you are faced with that causes you to not like um, being in that workspace. But absolutely, I have seen it. And we all know of the great reset, you know, where I should say the great resignation, that's what I meant to say, the great resignation, where people are just like, you know what, forget this. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going. I, no, I'm done. And they're finding other things to do with their lives. But I certainly have seen people who are very unhappy. And sometimes they come to me regarding how to advance their careers. But the more we talk as a coach and I start peeling back the layers, you know, sometimes you find that they they don't want to advance their careers. They they really want out of where they are. That's what they really and they they haven't even um figured that out for themselves until they start talking it through. But they, they really want something totally different, you know? So, and I, I mean, I had this one client, you know, she came to me and like I said, we're supposed to be talking about career advancement and she wanted this position, um, this, you know, she applied for this uh, promotion and um, I talked her through it. She went for the interview. She killed it. All these good things happened. They took a long time to come back to her. And then they said they were going to offer her the position. And she was like, I don't want the position. (laughs) (laughs) And they were taking so long. She was just like, I hope they never ask me. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, I'm not interested. You know, she she was just like, it's just more pressure more, you know, aggravation it was something that she was not really, she, she could have had it like all, she probably could have followed up or whatever, but she actually pulled back and she was like, mm, never mind. And she has been working on 
her own stuff so that she can eventually make an exit. Things that she's passionate about, things that make her happy. She happens to be an attorney too. She's an attorney. (laughs) But she has other other things she said that's in her heart to do. And um, I believe when you have things that are weighing heavy in your heart to do, I don't take it for granted. I, I believe that God put that there, yeah. right? That he's the one who puts the desires in our heart. And really, we come to the planet with a specific purpose for our lives. And sometimes we just forget about it. You know, when we hit the plane, we know what we're supposed to do. Like babies, they, they're aware. Mm-hmm. But as we get older and we hear the noise in the marketplace, people say, oh, well, girl, you can make money doing this. You know, be an attorney. You can make money. Be a doctor. Be the, right. And so we we come. We begin to pursue money as opposed to purpose. Yeah. And that is where unhappiness comes in. So I know when I graduated from college, you know, I was working as a singer on a dinner cruise during college. I had a part-time job. When I graduated, I stayed on that. I stayed there instead of pursuing my career in marketing as I, you know, the degree I graduated with. And I just didn't want to go to corporate. And my dad, I was living in Philadelphia. I went to Temple University in Philadelphia. And my father flew up from the Bahamas, <laughs> watched me sing and said, you know, this is not what I sent you to college for. <laughs> It is time to get a real job. <laughs> get a real job. Get a real, you know what I mean? And so we are often, um, you know, we, we go, we take jobs a lot of times just out of obligation to other people or feeling like that's the thing I'm supposed to do. Or, you know, it's like the society um, kind of pushed you into that, but you never stepped back and, and thought about what am I supposed to be doing? Right. What what am I on this planet to do? What am I here to do that's going to exemplify my purpose for being here? Who are the people I was I was born to serve? Mm-hmm. And so that therein, that's where the, the unhappiness lies when you're just at a job to be at a job. You know, yeah. some some people are managing toxic environments, but they're okay with it because what they're doing is purposeful for them. But how do you how do you come to that realization though? Because I, I I can assume that that's where some of people is having the problem, right? Because we can say your happiness is in pursuing your purpose and what you were called to do. And on the other hand, someone would say to you, "But I need to pursue money because I have all these bills uh, that I need to pay. I have all these responsibilities. How do how do?" Possibly, can I balance that? Can I chase money and still pursue um, pursue my happiness? What would, mm-hmm. what would you say to that? Well, you know, I, I believe that, well, first of all, we were not born to pay bills. <laughs> that was not the reason we came to the planet. That's, that's, but that's a part of mass consciousness, isn't it? That, that's what society tells us. By the time you're 10, you believe that you're supposed to slave for money to pay bills. Mm-hmm. You, 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 
by the time you're 10, you can't, you don't even know that um, God put you here for a specific purpose. And it's not to just get a job. I mean, purpose can come through a job. Absolutely. The pursuit of money is really the opposite of what, we, what we're supposed to do. When you are doing what you were created to do, the money will come. And I, you know, people say, do what you love and the money, you know, will come. Well, I say, do what you love. And with the right business model, <laughs> the money will come. I mean, the money's not just going to come because you're doing what you love. But there is certainly a profitable way to do whatever it is that you love. And what you love may be in a nine to five. It may be. But even if that's the case, when you get to that nine to five, you know, people who love accounting become very good accountants. People who become accountants because it's a job will never be as good as the person who loves accounting. And, you know, Molly, I remember when I was in college and my mom, I mean, my mom, I'm like, do you know me? Like, you know, I, I was a community. Well, initially I, I, I was a marketing major, but in a bachelor's program, if you want to be a marketing major, you have to take up all of the business courses, which include yes. STAT 101, STAT yes. 102, finance, accounting 101, accounting 102. Yes. Yes. And listen, girl, I am not the math girl. I have never been. My mother knows that I'm math adverse, right? So <laughs> I failed, I failed stats twice. And that's when I said, you know what? I need to become a communication major, marketing minor. I could do that. Right. But, um, I could have never, you know, my mother said to me at some point in my college career, you know, why don't you do something like become an accountant? And I know accounting is not like mathematics, but it's still the same thing, discipline of thinking, right? Which yeah. is not the way I'm wired. I remember I cried tears because I was like, I am not, mommy, don't you know me? I'm not wired like that. I, I've been struggling with math since the second grade. How could you tell me to be an, account an accountant? You know, do you, do you see me? Uh, <laughs> Right. That's, that's how I felt. Like you don't even, you don't even see me that I'm, I have no gifting there, but you know, she was, you know what she was thinking? She was thinking just like most people think you will always be able to have a job and take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. You, you will be, you'll be able to be self-sufficient. You'll make good money. Right. And so, I mean, and I don't falter for that because I, I get it. You know, I understand parents in her mind that was the I want the best for my child I want her to yes. be able to sustain herself and and so I I totally get that but you know that was really back in the day right because I mean now this is what I love about what I'm seeing with this younger generation number one they're not attached to money they start doing what they love before they even get into college yeah they got YouTube channels set up that's making more money than people at the nine to five right now. Okay. Tell me about it. I'm, I'm trying to take notes. <laughs> and you, you want to, right? They go to jobs and if you're not treating me right, 
I'm out of here. <laughs> they don't even care if they have another one line up. <laughs> you know, and if and if they're on a job, they're thinking about you know, and they're very young. Okay, how long do I have to work? Like, let me see. If I put in ten years, I'll be able to retire. Like, what can I put into place so that I can do something else? And and really, I I, I don't fault them. I feel like maybe I was ahead of my time. I should have been in this generation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the world is really at their fingertips because the world is so different now than like when we were growing up because, mm-hmm. you know, now everything is online and there is nothing that you could want to do that other people aren't doing and you can't connect with an audience of people, you know, yeah. doing the same thing. And, and there's probably some type of business model out there that you can follow or some type of example. And so I, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I think that a lot of them, they, they come here, they almost, they already kind of know what they want to do very early and they're pursuing it young. And maybe, you know, parents our age are like, well, you know what, let me push you into that because I didn't get to do that when I was younger. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And you're so right. We never really, our generation coming up and stuff, Uh, especially from the Caribbean, our parents focus on getting us into those careers that they know that that was going to be secure, that we were going to make money, that was going to be prestigious careers that they were able to brag on their children about and say, oh, my child is a lawyer, my child is a doctor, Mm -hmm. or what have you. But we never really equate professional with happiness. Mm-hmm. And now we look at the youngins coming up now. And like you said, it's correct because they are doing stuff that they love. If mm-hmm. if, they, if if your child grew up and you love to sing or you love to rap, you see them doing it on YouTube and on their Instagram pages, even before they consider it as a career. If you're, if you're sewing, you're starting to sew your own little clothes and stuff, mm-hmm. you're your own billboard and, and, I know for me, at least for me, I never thought of stuff like that. I was telling my sister the other day, we used to take um, these paper and make paper decorations that we can do for um, birthdays and put them in the in the ceiling as light bulbs and stuff. Mm. And I was like, we never considered that that could be a, a career or something, a business that we can make money from we used to um have those wire things and make earrings and necklace and all that stuff and we did all of that in the caribbean some of the style that we see now where you have on a suit and you put a scarf around your neck and you accessorize and we were like we were way before our time because we were doing all of that stuff never considered it as a business it's right. just that we like doing and wanting to do for ourselves mm-hmm. and we we never pursued it and now right. we're looking at these young people that are pursuing these things and making money from it and they and they're loving it at the same time so yep. it's like we have to now go back into our childhood bag mm. let me take some notes now and start to adapt this because yeah it seems to be working because I, I assume everyone wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. 
And guess what? We have everything already inside to be happy. And <laughs> anything can be monetized. Yeah. Which is what you're saying, right? Anything. Can, we just didn't think of it that way. We didn't see it that way. But now these young people, I mean, I'm, I'm following some young people on Instagram, et cetera. And it's just amazing. I'm just like, that is so awesome. You know, you, and, and finding ways to monetize everything. Like you said, I need to take notes. Okay. Because they're just using their gifts and talents and just monetizing. Yeah. Some of them just, just being silly, just, you know, (laughs) making people laugh. You know, not some of them, it's nothing serious and it's okay because there's a place for everything. Foolishness is <laughs> a place for it. Like you can monetize it. Right. Yeah. Like you said, fashion, your, your style, your, your personality, all these other things. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing, but I, I do think it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I really like my, um, siblings, they, their kids are younger than mine. Mine are, you know, they're just entering the workplace. My nieces and nephews, they're like little kids. And I'm like, don't discourage them. If they, you know, my one nephew, what do you want to do? Be a YouTuber? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I want to be a gamer. He really wants to be a gamer. So I said, don't discourage him, you know, support him see how he can monetize that desire, nurture it. It, He may change his mind later on. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But don't discourage him. I mean, he could be a gamer and that might get him through college. And that might bring him to the first millionaire in the family. I mean, these young people are doing wonders with things that we taught that could not have been careers or could not have made money. That's right. That's right. And so when I see that, you know, I know my, my one girlfriend, her daughter wants to be, well, she's a one to be, she was born an artist. She is, she is an artist. That's, that's the gift God gave her. She knew it from the time she was little, she was passing an art studio and asked her mother, what's that? She said, that's an art studio. He teaches art. I want to do that. And she was a little girl, very little. And every time they would pass, she would tell her mother, I, I want, I want to go there. And when she put her in, I mean, this girl, it's a gift. Like I said, when we come to the planet, we know, we know what we're supposed to do. And she's nurtured that gift. But then her mother, you know, my friend was like, how are you going to make money doing art? How are you going to make money doing art? I'm like, in this day and time, artists do all, I mean, there's so many areas for artists. It's there's there are like 10 million things you could do as an artist now. We've had art, artists who have reached the White House painting the president and the first lady. So um there's no limit to your there's gift. There's no that God limit. Gives you. There there are a million things that they commission artists to do. There's so many things. She just needs the exposure, yeah. right? And so we're, we're in the Bahamas where you don't get a whole lot of exposure. She's just got to get off of this Island. And really she just got to go on online, really <laughs> see what other artists are doing. It's amazing. The opportunities. Yes. yes amazing. You don't have to be a starving artist anymore. That is so, you know, 1960. <laughs> right. 
didn't have to be a starving artist. No. So wherever, what, you know, your happiness is inside. It's, it's up to you to pull that out. Your happiness is inside of you. You know, a while ago, I read a book called um, Tuesdays with Mari, and I, I forgot the author of the book. And it was, I think the, the, the man in the book was a teacher, that, and he was teaching the young man. And he was teaching him life lessons, because I think he was suffering from some sickness, or he was mm -hmm. about to die, or something of that nature. I haven't read it in a while. Mm -hmm. But it always stuck with me when he was teaching that young man those life values. And he said to him, never forget to stop and smell the roses because he was telling him of how much he has worked and all this stuff and how he wishes that he had put some time into essentially, and I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here putting some time into his happiness because he focused so much on getting up, going to work, teaching or whatever he was doing. And he didn't put that much time into him being happy and his happiness. And just like he said, taking time to smell the roses. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons as well that contributes to our work-life happiness is that we a lot of us get up and it's just about work. We work 40, some 80 hours a day and, and, and you need two days in the day because the way you work and some of us that driving force is because we don't want to be poor again. We don't want to be, be the hard life that our parents had or whatever again. And we think that, oh, we have to keep constantly working. But by doing that, you're sacrificing your own happiness. Yeah. How, yeah. how can someone create create that balance where you're working hard, yes, to make a life for yourself, but you're also focusing on creating that balance? Mm -hmm. Yep, that work-life balance, that's a big topic now, right? Got to have that work-life balance. If companies are not allowing that, that's where people are walking out the door because, you know, even our generation... Well, we're big on, you know, generation, I'm, well, I'm generation, what is it called, Z? Z? No, X, 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 generation X. And, uh, you know, work-life balance is very important to us. There was a time, I think the generation before us, the baby boomers, work was life. Now, for us, it's work-life balance. For the generations below us, millennials, work is a means to an end. Mm. for you know the generation after them happy it work is to for my happiness you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. work is to fund my happiness that's what it's for you know my my daughter she's just, just it's been one year that she's been in the workforce right out of college and uh, her first job and the child has had like you know two vacations with her girlfriends you know extensive and well planned and she's like this is this is why i go to work because i want to have it and so we have to reward ourselves i mean if you're making if you're working so hard to make the money if you're staying on a job that you don't really like because it pays well then incorporate the rewards for yourself one thing i just do not understand is what is the point in working and not enjoying your life like i don't get that i don't 
Listen, I was, <laughs> okay, this is like a little sidebar, but uh, my husband had me watching Queen of the South and we got like really hooked on this this Netflix yeah, series. Queen of the South. It is so much. I want to watch it as well, but it's so no, much. No, no, because you just—it's just a waste of time. So, I mean, I we binge watched that that series, right? It was so good. But you know, they're drug dealers, and they make a lot of money. But I was watching it, and I said, I don't understand how you know, like kids on the street are um, inspired by these type movies to be drug dealers because they were making a lot of money, but they, they didn't go on vacation. You know, they, they were hiding for their life. Every time you look around there in a gunfight, I'm like, where is the enjoyment in that? What is the point? It just didn't make any sense to me. I, I, it, it, I like, there's a dichotomy there. Like what? Nah, I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to live my life in hiding. Right. I want to be able to go on a vacation and I, I want to enjoy. And it, so it doesn't matter how much money you're making. If you are not taking time to enjoy your life, it, to me, I mean, personally, it's pointless. So if you make, if you're there because, you know, I, I have to stick it out because I need this money, then by all means reward yourself. Mm. There are people who don't even take vacation talking about they don't have time for vacation meanwhile if you drop dead today or tomorrow you will be replaced before your funeral yeah you think any job can't deal do without you are you insane <laughs> right there's no company that can't do without you enjoy your life mm-hmm. you know etch that out every week do something for yourself you know, I remember when our kids were young and my, I would say, we don't have money for vacation. We can't afford to go on vacation. And my husband was like, what? We can't afford not to go on vacation. We have to go on vacation. You can't just, just work and work and work and don't go on vacation, you know? And I thank God for it because we would go on vacation. We'd find a way. And uh, that's, that's the memories that we have. Yeah, I must confess that is something I'm working on now because uh, I've every time I've worked, I've had vacation, but I've never gone somewhere. Oh, Molly! And and I I I I I do a staycation at home rather than going somewhere. And and so um, since the pandemic happened, and I was like, when stuff open up again, I'm going to really literally when I get my vacation, go somewhere because well, I have to put that time into myself. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. That is so, so, so important. Who I don't know if it's someone or it's a saying, but what they say is that work hard and play hard, or work hard and play harder. Harder, yeah. <laughs> and I like that philosophy. You can't, you yeah. can't work hard and not play. And and I always say, what do you? Um, it's important to save and to make sure your bills is paid and all that stuff, right? But unless you have kids where you're doing um, transitional of generational wealth and stuff, who are you putting the money up for? Because if you die, who's going to get it? The government? <laughs> if and, there's no one to pass it down to? Right. And I mean, you have to make that just a part of your life because 
bills are all that I used to be stressed about the, you know, oh, we got so many bills. We can't afford to, we need this. We need, and bills never go away. As long as you live, they're going to be bills. So you gotta, you have to, you have to do something for yourself. Yourself deserves that, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you deserve it. Yeah. So just switching gears a little bit here, I was um, I, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and, and I read your about section, which was really interesting. And something struck me when you said um, about being invisible. So I wanted to ask you that um, because I know there are some people that are feeling that are working with it being corporate America or whatever, and they're feeling in, in, invisible as well. And invisibility can contribute to you not being happy in your job as well. So I want you to expand on that. How did you overcome being invisible? What did you do? And how did this impact your professional happiness? Mm -hmm. Well, when I when I wrote that, I was really talking about when I um, you know, first started out in corporate out of college and um, I, you know, I had this attitude that, uh, I didn't have to say anything. Like I'm an outspoken person, but probably because really, I didn't really want to be there. I would go into meetings and things like that. I'd never have anything to say. And, um, that did not bode well for me in the corporate space. And so I remember my two colleagues we were all recent college grads they were two guys and they happened to be two white guys every time we got into a meeting with the ceo etc they would make sure that they contributed to that meeting and they stood up and talked about what it was that they were doing and the progress that they were making and something great with the client and i would never do that because i just thought oh god just sit down you know like that that was my attitude and uh, I had this attitude, my work will speak for itself. And, um, you know, th that is probably the biggest myth ever. And so when I, when I wrote that, you know, that was really to women, especially who are in the corporate space, who don't say anything, they, they don't share their ideas. You know, they have a great idea, but they never speak up and, and share it. Um, they don't make contributions out loud. They go to their desks, they work hard, and they expect people to notice their contributions. But when you're in the corporate space, a part of being a professional and advancing your career is putting yourself out there, speaking up, sharing your ideas, and being visible. It's very easy to be invisible. You think you're visible because you're working hard. Hard work does not get you noticed. Hard work helps you to keep your job. They expect you to work hard when they hire you. You're only fulfilling the contract when you work hard. But people think working hard is going to gain them something, like a promotion. It doesn't happen. If you want to be visible in the corporate space, you have to use your voice. You have to yeah, work hard, produce great work. But alongside that, you have to speak up you have to share your ideas. You have to let them see that you have more than one dimension to you. You have to let them see that you are a thinker, 
that you're really into um, contributing to the cause, right? In order for you to be recognized for promotion. And so it is very easy to be invisible at work. And, you know, when you think of women and then women of color, a lot of times we're the ones who are invisible. We're invisible because we don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to get into office politics. I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'm not into that. Right. And I get that. But not at the expense of not making relationships. You can look at it as politics or you could look at it as developing good professional relationships. You have to open up and be visible or people are not going to notice you. You know, you have the workhorse and you could be the workhorse. They'll notice you to give you the work. Oh, I know Molly. Oh, she's going to get that done. But then when it comes to those conversations about promotion, Molly's name never gets called. Molly, yeah, she can do the work. But, you know, I have a relationship with so-and-so. And when the opportunity comes, that's the name that comes to mind. Right. So it's very easy to be invisible at work. And so that's what my coaching program is for corporate women who are high performing, overlooked and undervalued, helping them to learn to communicate in a way that brings visibility. So they're able to get those opportunities and the money and positions that they deserve. You're not going to get it being invisible. You got to be visible. And there's some things that you have to do. There's some things on, on your part. But, you know, we're both from the Caribbean, right? We're both women of color. We're, we are conditioned to sit small in those spaces. Mm -hmm. We're conditioned as women, generally speaking, no matter what color you are, women wait to be asked to the problem. They wait to be asked to marry, right? That's, that's our conditioning. That, that's how we were conditioned. Okay, maybe it's fine for that, but not in the, you don't sit and wait for someone to tap you on the shoulder in the corporate space. That conditioning is not going to serve you there. <laughs> you will be overlooked, Close you know? Don't get fed. <laughs> and, oh, that's a good one. I love it. That's right. Closed mouths don't get, I love that. Yes, exactly, Molly. Closed mouths don't get fed. And so we do have to learn how to communicate in a way that, um, and, you know, because I, I say, well, it's not just about talking for talking sake. And it's not about talking to be heard, but you're going to hear what I got to say. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's not that, but it is um, speaking up and communicating in a way where you could create connection with the people who have the power to help you to advance your career. Mm -hmm. You know, that connection and relationship, it's very important because people are people and that's how promotion comes. That's how it comes. It comes through relationship. You know, there's a saying that says you teach, you teach people how to treat you. And they talk about they talk about it in um, relationships, but it's also true for your professional career as well. Because if you are someone that is just holding your head down, you're not um, being, um, you're not talking up. 
you're also not formulating your own plan for your career. Mm. According to your plan, you 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 have to speak up because how mm. are you going to get your bonuses? How are you going to get advancements in going to the next stage in the company or seeing an opening in the company and thinking that you're perfect for it and waiting for someone to recommend you instead of you recommending yourself and walking in there with your plan and with your notebook and say, saying, this is what I've done for the company. This is what I've contributed. And this is what I think I can contribute further if I'm being placed in this role. So not, not doing those things is also going to stagnate you and limit your blessing and your growth. Mm -hmm. and then, then you're unhappy sitting in a role because you didn't speak up. Yes, Molly. I love it. I love it. I love it. Girl, I need to have you come and speak in one of my program sessions because you are spot on. You are spot on. And you know what? You said you teach people how to treat you. And you know, that starts when you walk in the door for that interview and they offer you the job and the money. And whether you say, Okay, well, that's good, but I'm looking more for, and you go into a negotiation on your salary versus, yeah. okay, well, I, I can work with that. Even if they offer you more than you expected, you need to negotiate your salary because you want to train them how to treat you. You want to go in the door with them knowing this woman knows her value. She knows she has a very high self-worth and we are we can't just take her for granted. You know what yes. I mean? And a and lot of people don't do that. I say yeah. this to my clients all the time. You are not just going in and they're interviewing you. You're also interviewing them. <laughs> That's right. It, it, this is a two-way street. And it and it starts right there. And when, when you sit there and just take whatever they throw out and say, okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much for the job. You've already set the tone for the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You set the tone yeah. right there. Men hardly ever do that. 70% of men negotiate their salary. 30% of women negotiate their salary. Men apply for jobs. You know, the checklist is 10 different things that you, you know, must have in order to get this job. They have two and they still apply. <laughs> women have nine and they're like, well, I don't know if I should apply. You gotta... <laughs> You know, you're so right about that because I remember applying for positions and reading through the job description and I would have, there would be one thing that I don't have and I would be like, I can't apply. I can't apply. I have that. <laughs> you are so right about that. Let me tell you, these men, they, they could do one, one or two things on the list. They're like, I'm applying. <laughs> <laughs> get in there and, and talk their way through and they're like, okay, I'll wing it and I'll learn it as I go. And women need to do the same thing because you, you, you grow on a job, you learn. Um, it, 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 yeah. Give yourself more credit, right? <laughs> Give yourself oh my more God. credit. <laughs> you are speaking truth because I did, I have done that numerous amounts of times mm -hmm. and I'm sure there are other women that have done that as well. We need to, we need to speak up. We need to do better. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't be invisible. That's right. <laughs> we, uh, I could talk to you all, all the day because, uh, I mean, <laughs> 
We were supposed to be on here for 30 minutes. It's almost an hour. So we're going to have to. Really? Oh my yes. God. I, it, it feel like that, right? We're going to have to cut this in. Bring it in. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's a mouthful. So people are going to have to take it in doses, you know? In spoon, like when you're eating. So um, we, we're winding down. I want to ask you this. What advice would you give to people who are in this position of, trying to figure out their professional happiness yeah you know i think the first thing is if you feel like you're not happy first you have to figure out am i not happy with what i'm doing like is the job that i'm doing not fulfilling for me or is it the environment that i'm in what that's making me unhappy and, and de determine the difference because sometimes it's really, it's just the environment. It's not that you, you might like what you're doing, but the environment may make it unbearable. You know, there are a lot of job workplaces that are, they're so toxic. They're so toxic. And if you're in a toxic and toxic environment, then you owe it to yourself to remove yourself. Yeah. And there is, you are not a tree. Nobody planted you there and said <laughs> that you can't move. You understand? And so you owe it to yourself to start looking for another job. I have had so many people come to me, women come to me, and we're talking and they're acting as, you know, the job is toxic. The people are awful. Management sucks. And they're acting like they have to stay there. But you don't. You don't have to stay there. And we're in a beautiful time right now. As we mentioned earlier, the great resignation, so many companies are looking for valuable employees. If you've got value to bring, put yourself out there. Put yourself out there and go and do something else. You don't have to be tied to any job. And that really comes with a belief in yourself. Because sometimes we forget to believe in ourselves, especially when we've been on the same job for a long time. We forget that you can apply and go somewhere else. You don't have to stay there. And then on the other hand, if you're at this job and, you know, the environment is okay, but it's not fulfilling. And, and that's making you feel, um, you know, some type of discomfort. Then now you need to get quiet. You need to get quiet. You need to go inside and you, you need to ask, what am I really supposed to be doing? I feel like I'm supposed to be doing more. And like I said, the marketplace is so noisy. The world is so noisy. We lose touch with ourselves. So you have to get quiet. And I would say, ask, you know, for me personally, you know, my worldview is ask God, right? Ask, ask God, what should I be doing? Because, you know, if you, you, you always have to go back to the manufacturer, right? <laughs> That's the best, that's the best place to go to the manufacturer and ask the manufacturer, okay, you created me. So I need you to give me some insight on why you created me and what you really want me to do. You know, people will say, well, go inside and ask yourself, but you don't, I mean, if you really think about it, you don't ask a created thing, what they were created for. You ask the creator what the creative thing was created for, right? So mm -hmm. that's that's my perspective. But yeah, you you you've got you got to take that time, and and it, and it comes through 
you, you got to be quiet. You're not going to hear it in, in, in the noise. You're not going to hear it in the noise. So, yeah, that's what that that's what I yeah, would you're so You're so right about that. Self-introspection is important. And I will add on to what you said. And I will say to um, say to that as well. Go and dig up your talent that you buried. Because some of us buried them. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. And guess what? When they're buried and they're an integral part of your purpose and the plan for you being here, they keep bubbling up. Mm -hmm. They keep bubbling up. They, they don't go. That's what happened to me. You know, my dad said, go get a real job. And I did that. I went into corporate. I was so unhappy. And I even was on corporate jobs where people were saying to me, like, I, I remember talking to a guy at a television station. He was a client to the company. I used to have to interact with him. And he he just, like, listened to my voice. I told him I'm a voice actor. But I, I wasn't even a trained voice actor then. And he's like, why are you working at that job? You should be at a television station or something. You know, like, he's talk, He's picking up things about me. And he doesn't even know me. You know, I've interviewed for jobs and they're like, this is not a glamorous job. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is a job for you. You know, that. so people, other people sometimes are picking up on things about you that you're not even picking up on. But if you buried so much of yourself, you know, sometimes you, they, they just keep bubbling up. And if you're not really in tune, you're just miserable. You don't even know what it is. You just know that you're, I'm just unhappy. I just don't know why. I'm just unhappy. So you, once again, got to get quiet, get into. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to come back again, Kim, because there's, there's so much more to talk about, so much more to ask, um, but we're out of time. So I want... <laughs> well over time. <laughs> I, want, I want you to tell, tell, tell my listeners, how can they contact you? How can they get in touch with you for, for coaching, to mm -hmm. connect Mm -hmm. Well, I, I would say easy is LinkedIn, you know, connect with me through social media. Um, I'm on Instagram. Also, I'm, I'm there as Kim Welcome. Uh, so that's a great way to connect with me on both of those platforms. And uh, we can also drop my uh, contacts in your show notes. Thank you so much, Kim. This has been amazing. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm Ditto. sure that there were questions that um, we could have asked to, to but but an hour is where I'm gonna cut it. We can't go any <laughs> further than this. I mean, I mean, at some point we may have to come back and and discuss a few more things again. But this was amazing. I hope that everyone that listens to this would be blessed by it, would learn something from it, and will get up. And, and pursue their happiness and in their professional careers and really do something about it. And if you've buried your talent from childhood, maybe you need to go and, and, and dig it up and start pursuing it and, and being happy. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really thank you so much, Kim, for coming. And any last words before I close this out? I just want to say thank you, Molly. You know, we are in a, a group together and I never got to have a conversation with you and this has been so organic and just so natural and so fun and i just enjoyed my time and to your audience happiness is very important but it's already inside of you 
So it's your job to go on and pull that out. Thank you. And that's perfect. We will close there. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the Network Our podcast. Until next time, live, laugh, and love. And we will talk to you again soon. Bye.